Through Courageous Conversations, the Third Thing podcast brings you helpers and healers who started out somewhere else and through life-changing experiences added something new to their lives, creating a third thing, ushering in a fresh passion to generate healing for themselves and others. I'm Stephanie Shockley, your host, and you're listening to The Third Thing. Welcome to another episode of The Third Thing, and with me today is my guest, Robin Nolan. Robin is an EGALA certified equine specialist. She is the owner of Discovery Stables at Cumberland Bend Farm, located in the Metro Davidson County area. Robin is a goat farmer, raising and selling goats. She's a retired respiratory therapist, mother of four grown children, a grandmother of three young grandchildren a native Nashvilleian. Welcome. <laughs> well, thank you. I know, native Nashvilleian. You don't hear that often. You don't. Okay, really I'm going to be transparent here. We're at Robin's farm. Mm-hmm. We're looking out on her um, pasture at some horses, um, and we've got a lot of dogs around. Um, we've got cuckoo clocks in the background. But I have to be honest, um, I was here a week ago, <laughs> and we did this whole interview, and it was, awesome. <laughs> it was really good, we thought. It was awesome. Um, but one small problem, I, um, well, I just had a technical issue, so yeah. only 11 minutes of, of a 50-minute probably interview was done. So we're doing this over oh, again. It was so much fun. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Um, we are recording, right? We are recording. Okay, yeah, don't do that. That's not even funny. But I'm going to check. While <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're recording. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you something <clears throat> I ask everybody. Okay. Kind of what is your religious, spiritual background? Well, I was, um, you know, raised here in Middle Tennessee as uh, brought up Baptist, a very um, religious family, grandmother, huge influence, uh, Southern Baptist, so, you know, learning Bible verses, Bible stories, um, had a great childhood. I mean, I have, I really am so blessed and lucky. I had a great childhood. And then as a young adult, became um, interested in the United Methodist Church and ended up Joining the church, raised my children United Methodist. Well, now the Methodists are a little different than the Baptists. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, now in my present day life, um, not as much religious as spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not attend a church regularly, haven't attended in several years actually. Um, and just it's just a personal preference, um, but I, I feel like I'm closer and more spiritual, and um, my faith is even stronger now in my life. So, yeah, it seems like we take all these things yeah. that we learn and kind of, you know, make them into. I mean. For me, it takes a lot of different influences. It's not just one 
yeah. one, one right. way, right? It's like with everything else. Staying kind of open to to that. There's our cuckoo. There it is. <laughs> of course. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> um, so how do you, um, what do you do? What do you do when things get tough? How do you, how do you draw on that? What, what? Um, I, I don't want to say I withdraw. I withdraw within myself, I think. Um, I love nature and I think being, having this farm that I'm very blessed with. Um, I like to take walks. I love to be outside um, where it's quiet and you just hear the wind blowing and the animals in the background. Um, that's where I pull my strength is, is, I think, from just being, being. Nature, more yeah. nature. Yeah. yeah, just being alone in my thoughts. and But I'm not alone because I feel it. But just being out in nature and and with animals and just kind of in tune with that. I love that. I'm, uh, you know, you're not alone. Although no. you can be alone. No, I, I am alone. So there's but that not presence, alone. right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can, I just feel it. It's there. I'm always, I always, it's with me. Well, if you, I mean, a lot of people believe it's inside you, so of course it's with you. Yeah, right. right. I mean that you just have that to... the divine is is within us and and is always with us, so we're never alone. No, and but I think we just get so distracted. So I'm really trying, and I have been over the last couple of years, really trying to just be present. It's a work in progress. <laughs> well, know? and be still and know. Yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, I think that's what that, you know, when we can be quiet enough to just kind of mm-hmm. hear what's really, what we what we need to hear, but we have to slow down enough to, oh, yeah. to do that. And, and, you know, and I used to think I'm being selfish by um, keeping myself away from the distractions, meaning maybe phone calls, being with people, whatever. But um, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like I need that to to be a better person, to be in better relationships. So. Well, right. We can't give away what we don't have. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And we kind of have to take care of ourselves first. We're not really told that. I mean, I didn't grow up that way. No. It was like you've got to do about other people first. But you can't, I don't think you can help other people if you can't help yourself. No, doesn't really doesn't that doesn't really make, make pretty sense obvious. when you yeah. kind of unpack that one for a minute. Yeah. So yeah. True. So how so? What did you do before you got to this place? I know you know it's. Um, I'd ask somebody in a, another podcast we were talking about um, uh, past lives. which I don't completely understand. Um, And I thought this was great. She explained to me, she said, well, you know, even in the life we have, we have many lives. So so before you got to this life right now that we're sitting sitting together in, tell me about the other lives you've had. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, I was a respiratory therapist. Uh, was interested in that field since I was like 13 years old. I just, I, my mother worked in a hospital and in administration and I saw these uh, this equipment in the hallway and I was very fascinated. So um, yeah, I, I ended up uh, becoming a therapist. Love, loved, loved it. I really did. Um, did that for a while. Um, so you knew early you wanted, that's a helping profession yes. for sure, right? Yes. Um, I, you know, I tend to have, I, well, I, I don't want to say, I have empathy and sometimes to a detriment for myself. So I did eventually have to get out of respiratory therapy, um, but it was a timing when my, I started raising a family. So started raising my family, uh, just working part-time in the hospital, and then my husband started building a business. Started helping him, um, working in his office, uh, learning how to run my own business, how to uh, have marketing plans, that sort of thing, advertising. So I went from that to owning a hair salon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I laugh because that is so not me. But um, how did I, that how did that come I, about? Um, I was ready to, to get out on my own and do something. And um, when I was in high school, I actually worked in a hair salon. Um, and I know, right? Worked in a hair salon, shampooing hair, you know, and um, as an on-the-job trainee kind of thing after school. <laughs> and um, this salon was I just lo- was looking for something to do other than... Um, get fired all the time working for my husband <laughs> or, yeah, there, there's or a I lot. quit a lot yeah that, that's a just little not a good thing yeah, so that can be tricky yeah so wow. anyway I had this hair salon for about five years on Elliston Place um back when Moscow's Deli was there and, right yeah it was above Moscow's Deli is a really cool spot um did not do hair oh please I just managed the You place. just managed it. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was a great experience. I met a lot of interesting people, as you can imagine, and um, left there. And um, a gift shop, home decor gift shop for about six or seven years, and um, did that for a while. And then can all the, uh, raising kids throughout all of this, you know. Um, and then now I... Uh, work part-time at the Ryman Auditorium and, and have an equine-assisted learning and uh, growth business. So, Which is of, kind of what we're getting to, yeah. but it's always, it's it's like, I'm, I'm, that's a lot of what the show is about, is like people don't, they don't start at the place. It, no. You know, it it seems And none it of seems that's really like, connected if you think about it. I'm thinking respiratory, hair salon, gift shop, and now EGALA, which is Equine Assisted Growth and Learning Association. So Very I haven't odd. heard anything. I haven't heard anything about horses yet. So how? I know. <laughs> how right? did you? I know. So how did you get interested in horses? <clears throat> did you grow up with horses? No, no. Um, I actually had never really been introduced to horses, other than just um, you know the pony ride things that that mm-hmm. you know they offer at fairs or parking lots of Kmart or something. But um, I met someone when my youngest daughter was in kindergarten, and her son and my daughter became very close friends. 
and she had always been riding horses. So um, I said, oh, I, you know, I'd love to ride. I, you know, it'd be something interesting, fun. Because I'm always, I, I love to do different things. I like to try new things. Do I see that about you. Obviously. <laughs> so um, you're an adventurous. You're, yeah, you're an adventurer. Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. I guess. And mm-hmm. so she was like, oh, this is great. I have horses, you know. I'd love for you to come ride my horses. Now I get why she had that in her head. Because you, if you have more than one horse, you need them exercised. So I... Um, fell in love, love with it. And um, within a few months, had my own horse, was boarding horses. She and I trail ride. We'd, we'd go to campgrounds all over, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, Illinois, Alabama. And um, so that was about 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. And I just came natural, just love horses and now i have eight horses from one to eight and uh wow. started um just interested you know in in the whole anatomy and physiology of a horse um and because i i feel like i'm a deep thinker analytical thinker to myself a little bit horses kind of play into that um so I, I went to um, learn to become an equine massage therapist in Round Hill, Virginia, and that was and why that? I don't have well, anything. because I read about it, and I was just looking for something, something else to, to something to do. And you like to learn, yes. Well, yes, I do. And so, um, if anything, it was just mainly to learn. The physiology of the horse you know the anatomy and learn mm-hmm. more about it and then I, I knew my horses could benefit from it but um, you know I thought well you know I could have this as a business I could do this but meanwhile uh, a friend of mine went for a training with um, an organization called Egala which is what we were talking about earlier and that um, I had never heard of Never heard of psychotherapy with horses or equine therapy. I just, it just wasn't in my world, you know, or in my circle. So when she mentioned that this is something she was doing, I was like, oh man, I wish I'd done this training and known about this sooner. But then I thought, why? I can do it now. I mean, I don't, you know. Right. It didn't matter if I didn't know it sooner. So uh, that's how it all kind of came about. I just thought, I want to learn more about this. So I did go to training, became EGALA certified as an equine specialist. Okay, and what, what, can you now. explain to us something? Let's back up a little bit. What is EGALA? EGALA is um, an international organization for equine assisted growth. And learning association that's the acronym is EGALA and um, we are a group of professionals that use a uh, the modality where we have an equine specialist someone who has spent um, many hours I can't many remember how years, many hours it is 6,000 hours 6,000 hours with a horse I think it is Wow it was a lot. Yeah. And then you had to have, um, in the last two years, when you went to, to get certified, you had to have the last two years a certain amount of hours in training. Um, 
like I had done a horsemanship, you know, clinic, and and I continually do that still. Um, so that counted toward that, and then my equine massage therapy counted toward that as well. But um, you, so you have an equine specialist, someone who knows horses, basically. Then you have a mental health professional, whether it be you know social worker, psychology, therapist, whatever, and then you have a horse. So or horses or horses. You only need one horse. Only need one horse. But you can have many horses. You can, yeah. And so that and makes minis. your team. And many horses and little horses. Yeah, <laughs> all kinds, black and white. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. So that makes your EGALA model is you, you use that formula with the, the three and um, help people through groundwork only. And um, So no riding is involved in this model. Absolutely no riding is involved because you don't want to bring out the horsemanship in in the therapy. Well, that's a well, that's a different kind of totally. Therapy. I mean, it gets into a different. Yeah, it really does, and so it's all um, it's all on the ground, and uh, ex- experiential, just experiencing um, self resolve with clients to be out and in a field with a horse or horses, and just connect and um, whatever their needs are. Um, they can create that uh, artwork because it's it's basically their picture that they can form or paint whatever they want to work on. While they're well, doing. and the idea kind of is they go out into an area, uh, a paddock or a field or whatever round pen, is, what, yeah, round pen, has, whatever yeah. is offered, and that represents... Their life, yes, metaphorically, metaphorically, they, a lot of metaphor in, lots in of this metaphors. model, um, and yeah, they go out there and something happens. <laughs> something always, <laughs> something happens. always happens. And you know, as a equine specialist, and I know a lot of the um, MHs, mental health professionals as well, we we see things that we want to happen, or oh, this is going to happen while they're out there, and. Um, we try to almost we try not to project or, or be a part of that whole process. Um, we stay back away and let the client just experience it on their own. But it's amazing because it always it seems like it's totally different than what we're thinking it's going to be. It's always a bigger picture, and that client does it all themselves. You know, it's well all as them. a as a. Th- yeah, it's it's their story, not because as a therapist, yeah, you can you can watch something, observe that, as well as if you're doing talk therapy, and same thing. Well, I can decide, you know, what I think the story is, but it's not my story, right? Right? Yeah, right. So you're I've got to so say, <laughs> well, no, I mean that's so I have to I have to just uh, step back, observe, mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. still. Um, yeah, the power of the pause, which is a huge um, acronym we use, is the POW in EGALA because we just don't want to interfere with that because you, you might even think nothing's happening out there. They're just standing there. Nothing's happening. But a lot is actually happening with that person and that horse. And horses, um, because they're prey animals, they pick up what's going on in that particular moment 
only and the presence of that person where that person is and as far as their emotions and what they're feeling and their if there's fears or anxieties uh, they they've programmed over all these years being prey animals they have to be able to read that and we're predators as humans so they um it's it's amazing. well and so we're similar in our socialization, I think, aren't we? Yes, we are. Because they're, tr- you know, they're herd, and we are, we're social. We like to be around people. Um, they like to have fun. We like to have fun. Um, yeah, there's a lot of similarities with horses. They also, um, you know, when they they are new to a herd, they're apprehensive, maybe about meeting the rest of the herd and the herd other. The herd themselves are apprehensive about this newcomer coming. Same thing with us when we're Why? making friends, or so we can associate a lot of their behavior with our behavior, and vice versa. So um, yeah, it's it is. We're a lot like them. And I loved what you were talking about about presence, because a horse is just there in the moment. Totally. I mean, they're not thinking about what I'm going to be doing. Um, this afternoon at one o'clock or I have to be here I have to be there they're only in that moment and see that you know if I have somebody in my office mm-hmm. I can try to be as present as I can be and attuned to a client and I'm human so they're right. they're like we said earlier I can be putting a story onto something they're saying I could be concerned about something that happened in my personal life earlier, so I have to continue to bring myself back to the present moment. And that can happen, but a horse is doing that all the time. Yes, <laughs> because their life depends on it. I mean, that's that's the whole gist of it. Their life, in their mind, depends on reading what is going on in their environment and what is in front of them at that particular moment. That flight or fight, you know? Right. They, they, they just have to. That's just how they're programmed. And, you know, we're, we're learning that presence heals. So, Right. Well, it's a faster process out there. Yeah. I think than it is in a talk therapy. And I think that's what's great about it, too. Yeah. That there is sometimes, I don't know, you've had experiences with clients. I mean, sometimes it takes, it's like sometimes they can be there and we can unpack something that happened out there, um, but they're not really sure. Sometimes it takes some soap time. Yeah, sure. This this just can continue to go on outside of that ring. Yes, exactly. It's a, it's a process that um, the next, we always tell our clients, you know, this is something that the next few days, you know, the processing is going to continue to take place. And, um, and we invite them to come back. You know, there's sometimes one session is all we do, and sometimes there are several consecutive sessions that we do. And, and that's left up to the um, mental health, you know, professional to, to work with the client on that as well. Um, my job is mainly um, I watch the horses, I watch their movement, and document uh, so their the behavior. So the specialist is is focused on the horse, absolutely, and and the safety of not just the client but the horse. 
emotionally and physically because you can see um, patterns or changes that are going on during therapy and it's exhausting for a horse as well emotionally so that's my job the um, mental health professional of course is is watching the client and um, but then we're collaborating we all three collaborate together meaning the horse you know m-h-e-s right. so yeah it's an interesting model it really is and it works it does work and what and we know this because we work together you and i right and that what, what kind of population does uses this model can use this model oh my gosh any population right even i mean corporations do uh, team building um, a lot of good team building oh that yeah. works really it really does well. mm-hmm. no it's it it's and it's a lot of fun and i think people get a lot out of it so that um children you know adolescents adults i mean it the skies are the limit anyone who is searching wants to learn uh, wants to work on their relationships wants to connect i mean there's just anything that someone wants to work on themselves can be a part of equine therapy and i think a big part of it or what's helpful is sometimes people get stuck yeah like in therapy and talk therapy right or there's something really there's been an event something where they really is showing up in their life Mm -hmm. where they need some help but what they've been traditionally doing is not working and it's experiential so we're Mm -hmm. we're using we're using we're using our body and we're using other things right and um you know, they've proven that, um, or they're starting to learn that um, trauma affects the body and the mind. I mean, right. we know that. Yeah, yeah. And it reshapes the body and the mind. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a man that, uh, Bezel Van Der I think is the way you say his name. <laughs> I've heard him speak in person. Uh-huh. And he wrote this book called uh, The Body Keeps Score. Oh, yeah. And he talks about he talks about uh, some more non-traditional therapies and talking about moving the body can actually tap into our... Uh, it can activate the natural uh, neuro yeah, pathway plas- uh, plasticity of the brain. So this is so when people kind of get stuck, yeah, because yeah. they get stuck in a story or they get stuck in a belief, you can actually change neuropathways and move things. Through I mean, movement. that's what EMDR does. It moves it from one part gotcha. of the brain to the other. And so this... This mm-hmm. movement of the body can really change the way we view an event oh. in our lives. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah so, cool. that's what I love about this is that people are experiencing it in a different way. Because, you know, you're just sitting there in an office talking. And right. that's great. And, it, and that can work. And you can do experiential mm-hmm. things in an office. 
But this you've got, <laughs> you've got a lot of different stimuli at one time, right? That can really help you move through something. Right. I mean, you've got the weather, you've got, <laughs> and, and, you you've know, got animals. It's good you, that you brought you that problems. up because even with the weather, um, we still do therapy out and that's just part of the story. We, like you said, we use the weather. Uh, this is a good example in the summer when the flies are around. The flies are part of the story. The irritant of the, you know, it's so irritating to have the flies for the client and the horse. And then it somehow gets pulled out into their story as well. So there's all kinds of um, stimuli, like you said. I have cats that are, you know, barn cats are running through, and that becomes part of the story. A really cute um, story that um, happened or came out of a, a group of uh, autistic children that I work mm-hmm. with on Friday mornings here with um, through the Papillon Center. We, um, I'm kind of segueing, but I, I work with Papillon Center out of Gallatin with mm-hmm. uh, a mental health provider named Carlin Giles. And so we work with Eliminate, which is a school of autism, and they come on Friday mornings and do therapy. So they were, um, one morning we were working on um, just relationships and um, how to get the horses, invite them to come to the playground and play and interact. So the horses are their friends on the playground. And one of the horses um, is an old mare and it was a chilly day and it had been raining the day before so she had a uh, a coat a blanket on her you know mm-hmm. a horse blanket so one of the kids said well this and we we usually afterwards will you know pull it together and say you know what did you what did you think about this who did this horse remind you of or what was this you know how many people how many horses did you get to come to your playground that you invited and who does that look like to you so, oh, that horse with the blanket is Eli because Eli, he wears three sweaters to school every day. Interesting. Which was very, because I can imagine this kid, Eli, wearing his three, it's just so cute. And then this guy, this one that has the spots on him, he's kind of mean. He likes to bully those kids over there. And that reminds me of Sam. You know, and they so they and so and, and they through were that process, it. they can kind of they can go through some feelings around that. I mean, that's a yeah. great opportunity to talk about what these relationships are like. Yeah, right? and they and saw what they're I mean, experiencing. Yes, exactly. And they saw it like, oh, that's so and so because, and why is that? Why does that remind you? Why does this horse remind you of so and so? Well, because he doesn't. We invite him to play, but he he never wants to play. He always just stands by himself. So, you know, it's, it is how they can see it and pull it together. And see maybe themselves, you know, oh, in yeah, the process, exactly. of course. I mean, I think that's what happens for for most everybody. At some point, they're, yeah. they're relating to totally. some aspect, right? Um, so what has your experience been like with, with oh. this? Well, here's a great thing. Actually, I did um, during uh, my training, we will, um, you know, do mock sessions, that sort of thing for practice. And um, at that point in my life when I went through my training, I had uh, 
just gone through a divorce, uh, had been married for 30 years. Um, it was very traumatic for me because I... Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I, know I, people, I know people that. get divorces every day, <laughs> and um, it's life-changing. I've had one, oh, too. Yeah. It's the same kind of story. We both have four children. Exactly. Mine was 25 years, was 30 years. That's a, that's that's a, that's another lifetime. It that's was another one of those lifetime my things, whole right? life, yeah. And this was my soulmate, you know, that I was just madly in love with. I... Um, I was just devastated. I mean, I I didn't know what I, what it. I didn't expect this in my fifties, you know, to happen in my life. So, so, so you're looking at you're you're in grief. You you don't know what the future looks no. like. No, I just um, I felt I had, I had outer body experiences. You know, just what I. This, it was you're, just such you're, a trauma. You're not grounded at all. No, right? not at all. So you know, and then all of this came about learning about um, the Egala, and and I even went to the massage, you know, uh, equine massage. I did that after right process of after the divorce. But the um, so I'm I'm at my session, and we're doing the mock session, and they needed volunteers. Who wants to be the client? Who wants to be the mental health person? Blah blah blah. So I said I'll be the client. You know. So I, they said, well, what do you want to work on? This was part of the mock thing. Well, hey, Miss Nolan, what would you like to work on today? You know, and I'm like, well, um, I recently went, I thought I'll just use my real life experience here. I went through a divorce and um, raised the four children and now I'm alone. It's been a long time since I've been alone. Um, alone in a house, just alone in what I'm going to do daily, just alone at dinner you know I'm alone so I don't know how to deal with this so they said well you know they invited me to go out and meet the horses like we do in Egala so I went out into the arena and um, I'm standing there kind of like clients do kind of awkward like okay I don't really know where to take this how to initiate what to do first and as I'm looking down at the ground kind of kicking the dirt I look up and I realize these four horses, and there were probably 20 out in the arena because there were other people in other areas working. Four horses surrounding me, around me, in close proximity. Um, there were there was one maybe facing the opposite direction, one facing me, one maybe facing sideways, parallel or whatever, and um, just standing there. So um, I just kind of was being present and just kind of taking some deep breaths in and this one horse just turns and walks up to me, puts his head down. I love on him a little bit and then he eventually just turns around and walks away and doesn't go far, about the same distance that he was standing before. then I, I thought, okay, that's kind of cool. So then I, I chose a horse. I walked up to this horse and was petting and, you know, kind of rubbing his mane and stuff. And then I turned around, went back to the center where I was standing before. And um, this kind of went on for a few minutes. And then I thought, wait a minute. I had an epiphany, you know, a light bulb went off. And I look over at my, the, the two mental, the mental health person and the ES during the mock session, because I'm the client, remember? <laughs> I look over at them and I'm like, 
aha, I have an aha moment. And I said, well, so what's that's going on? They, yeah, so that's <laughs> when they pull me in like, you know, what's happening Tell us here? what's happening yeah. for you. So I was like, you know, here I am alone in my world. I look up and I see these four horses represent to me my four children. And one of my children, as the horse came up to visit, one of my children came to visit me. And then they left. But they didn't go far. They just... They're still around. They're still around. They just went home or wherever. Mm -hmm. And then I went to one of my other children, and I was visiting with them. And then I went back home. But they're still around. They're still there. And the other kids, you know, they're there if I need them. They're there if I'm here if they need me. So... I'm alone in my home or with myself, but I'm not alone. No, you're surrounded. Totally surrounded. <laughs> and it, it seems so simple. And I thought, why did I even feel this way? But I had to own it because I did feel that way. But it was so simple that these horses represented my life. And that's all it took for me to go, you know what? I am not alone. I, if I am alone, I choose to be alone. Period. And see, this is the power of this model. Well, I'm tearing I mean, up could, thinking this, right? We're all bawling because it was so powerful. I mean, you could do that probably in talk there. I mean, you could talk yeah. about, you could talk about not being alone and, but someone can point out it. to you, right, that you have four children and lots of friends and all these people that support and love you. You know that. I knew it. I knew it. But you had a body experience. See, this is what I love. You had a whole experience. Yes. Which creates something very different. It really... Now, that sinks in, right? It. it it's... I was like, this... It's is, an experience. This was my experience. If this is what it's about, and this is what it can be for others, you've been shown that it that this is it. This works. This process works, and I want this for other people, and I want to be a part of helping get this out there for other people. So you went through the training, and you had this beautiful experience, and you're like, I'm in. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm if you weren't in, that was that, that was gotcha. It. You're in. Um, but you have to have a partner because, I did. because you're an, I'm an equine specialist, but I have, you've got to have a mental health. I did. And I, I didn't know. I thought, okay, you go through, you know, anytime you go through a training or a school or, you know, whatever, you're so gung ho, like, all right, I'm, I'm on fire. Well, now what? You know, I can't do this. I have a horse. I have horses, but I don't know anyone in the mental health field other than my own personal therapist <laughs> I knew her well she, she, didn't she really it. knew me <laughs> but um, you know what do I do now so luckily there was a conference our national conference is like every two years so that luckily there's this conference every two years that just happened to be like a month later or whatever very close to my training and um, I'm and it's right here in your own state. It was. Right it was right here in Tennessee. It was in Murfreesboro. So um, I'm sitting in this session that, you know, it's breakout session. So you choose where you want to be. 
So I pick a session, I'm sitting in the session and they ask, um, introduce yourself, tell us what you're looking for, who you are. And so I'm like, I'm Robin Nolan. I live in Nashville and I am an equine specialist and I'm looking for a mental health professional. And then the person sitting next and to me. And then you. there's this person sitting next to me, and she says, I'm Stephanie Shockley, and I'm looking for an <laughs> equine specialist. It was crazy. And hey. then we were both from, I mean, there were people from everywhere. Oh, we're yeah, all over right the world. Next to each other in this breakout in session. In this breakout session, which just happened to be with the place that I interned with in Minnesota. I think it was the Acres for Life right, right. breakout session. And there you were. And and it was like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> and I was really, that was a hard time for me. I really did not want to go to that uh, conference. I had just, it was the year anniversary of losing my life partner. And I was just like, you know, I'd already signed up for this thing, and it was like, just, you know, something just told me to go. It was like, you know, you don't have to do anything. It's all you got to do is show up. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything. And you did. And you know, it's so interesting how the, how and two years the later, here we are. for you. Yeah. And now we're working together. Exactly. Doing this. So, you know, it just, we, that's just a, that's just a bigger lesson to me in, you know, it's all I've got to do is show up, be present. I mean, you, you know, right. just just be the, just be there. I didn't have to like it. I didn't have to feel good. I mean, no. that's a big life lesson for me, and and it seemed it seemed to work again and again mm-hmm. and again for me. Yeah, because yeah. I think there's a I think there's a I think people think that you have to. Um, I don't know to do things. It has to feel good. It has to be right. It has to. I. I, I don't know. And I, that's not been my experience. You know, just get my body there, and and the rest will show up mm-hmm. when it's supposed to. Right. And because I do a lot of things like that, I don't know why I'm. I'm doing them, and it sounds like you do too. Yeah, you're like, oh well, I just want to learn about you just this have to thing. Put and yourself then... out there, you know. You have you have to help yourself, and you have to have that desire. And and you know, there's well, times... it sounds like faith to me too. No, I mean, I a, do a lot there, of it's you, our, you know, if you don't believing in something, I can't totally. see because we. I mean, come on, let's face it. It was a power, the powerful being, our creator, that put us in that position. I mean, what are the odds? That we would be there in the same room, sitting beside each other, and we just hit it off. I mean, I just believe that we meet people, and that's part of our path. That's our journey. And but you have to put yourself out there because there are times that we go through depression, and we you just don't want to you don't want to go. But I push myself. I just. You know. Well, and that's how we get through it. It and is. For, I mean, that's the really hard thing with like depression. Yeah. Um, it makes you want to isolate, but really one of the best ways to get out of it is to put a foot forward, which is mm-hmm. the hardest thing to do when yeah. when you're feeling that way. Yeah. But and I'm a witness, ha- the world will, the universe will show up. Right. And I want other people to feel that. I don't want people to be depressed. 
You know, I, I want everyone to be able to feel that way. And I don't like people to feel lonely. I'm just one of those people. It's like, oh, I always have my, my family used to tease that um, because I would, on Thanksgiving, let's say, I always felt like that was a day that you just bring everyone together. People that don't have other people right. to be with, it's whatever. Not, yeah. So as a young person, a young adult even, my family would make fun and go, or joke or tease, well, wonder who Robin's going to bring for Thanksgiving this year? Because I would just like meet people that were, I can't stand for people to be alone. It just drives me well, bananas. Well, and I hear connectiveness to just, just bringing some joy you know. or life to someone, you know, and so, and how hard is that? It's not hard at all. Well, it is hard for some people. Well, I mean, how hard is it for us it's people not, that it's not hard, hard for, for to bring those people in? I guess is what, right. is yeah. what I meant. Yeah, I, I don't think it's hard. I mean, sometimes I do think it's hard. I mean, sometimes yeah. I think I even have to put an effort into it to do it. But boy, the payback for me is much, yeah. it's like, what, what am I getting from that? And that's what the and that's what this is, work is about, right? It's totally about it, and I'm just so on fire about it. I just want, uh, you know, we're uh, you and I are actually working on. Uh, well, we have a workshop scheduled that um, is in April on the 18th, this April 2020, right. and um, I'm excited about it because it's a self care. Um, wellness workshop and I think it's and it be- is it is targeted to women and self-care and connecting yeah it's gonna be great I'm really excited it's gonna be about really it. fun and we're gonna do a yeah. lot of we're gonna have lunch and do some things and you know we're gonna hope the day the weather is okay the weather's if it's not we're gonna adjust to that because yeah. that's part of what this is yeah absolutely. this is all about and we'll find a way to care for ourselves in it but yeah so what else so so yeah, we've got this workshop. Um, what else is going? You you and I work together, so I bring my clients mm-hmm. out here to you. Yes, you work with some other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, my Discovery Stable is the name of the business, and I chose that because I really. I know it sounds cliche, but I want people to come out here and just discover something about themselves. Oh, I think that's... Yeah. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Done. Drop the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, so I do. I work with you, Stephanie, and we plan to work more together. I'm excited about some things we're going to do together, but... Um, I work with, like I said, the Papillon Center. Uh, I also can work with other therapists. I mean, I have the facility that if there are people that um, therapists, if there's that, somebody that's a that's a mental health professional, in, in, yes, and I and in this model that needs a facility, open I'm open for that. But I mean, I with you guys with between you and Carlin, and Carlin predominantly works with um, children through the Papillon Center. So right now we have. Um, an adolescent group that we work with on Thursday evenings, and then we work with an elementary group on Wednesday evenings, and then we work with the um, Illuminate group on Friday mornings, which happened to be a young group. We're also um, working, we have on the schedules camps for the summer for the kids to come in the school. So um, 
through the Papillon Center. So it's going to be, um, got a lot of things going on there as far as summer goes with the kids. And, and it's totally and so, different I'm just thinking work. when you're oh telling gosh. all this, two years ago, nothing. when we were sitting nothing. in Murfreesboro, there was, there was nothing. And you've developed this business. Yeah. I will we talk to a tree stump. I, mean, I do talk to tree stumps. So <laughs> <laughs> that I met Carlin at the conference as well, well. Who I just, you know, you just connect with people. But it's, um, I just called her one day and said, hey, if you ever need help, you know, I'd be willing to come out there and uh, to Gallatin and help you guys in any way I can. And and boom, there you go. Her equine specialist that she had been working with through Egala had uh, moved to another job. So the opening was there, and this is how she and I started working together. Yeah. Is there, before we tell people how they can find us, is there something that we haven't talked about or or just something you'd like to share before we close? Um, about the Egala or, or anything else you'd like to <laughs> <laughs> It's all yours. Yeah, about I don't um I just um I just hope I know people... I just want to invite people to be open to just, it for sure. Oh uh, yeah, and and um, it, you can go on if you're I am not as articulate as I would like to be to be able to really explain what this program is. And so I invite people to go to egala.org and read on um, online on the website uh, what equine therapy is about through the egala model and also and that's e a g a l a yes egala but you know it's hard because this is what we do at the estuary we do a lot of experiential like the study of kabbalah is very experiential the study of of uh the human energy field is is all it's an experience and it is truly hard to explain an experience i mean you have to have an experience you can share, somebody else can share their experience, mm-hmm. but to really know what it's like, you have to do it. So that's why it's hard to explain, I think. Okay, well, good. I mean, so right, I mean shouldn't feel the so words, <laughs> words don't, words it, don't help. An experience is something felt. And the, and which kind of plays off on this is all nonverbal with these horses. Right. Because there are no words. It's just heart, it's just felt. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, I mean, we're moving from the head to the, to the heart is, yeah. is, is, is a lot of it. Because we stay in our heads and we, we try to work these things out and I think in our heads and, you know, it, it's hard to solve things on your own. That's, that's why there are other people around. Exactly. I mean, you know, but people do that. They it's work true. things out. I mean, we all yeah. do that in our head and the different little committee members like answer and it's like <laughs> maybe it needs to go somewhere else. Yeah. But but getting out of there and into your body and having that experience is is a completely different way of learning and we're proving it works. I mean, you well, hear story after story, right? Yeah. And obviously, there's seekers out there because they're listening to your podcast, <laughs> right? And hopefully, more will. Yeah. I th- congratulations. <laughs> Thank on you. Thank getting you. this going. It's really exciting. 
Thank you. I'm glad and you've I've, been here. I've got to. I have listened to your For podcast, the, and it's so interesting. Thank you. Well, and we yeah. and um, hopefully this one was successful. Yeah, I hope. That, yeah. This is our second taping, so hopefully this one worked. Yeah, I'm afraid to ask. And, if we're still uh, we're rolling. Gonna look but, we're gonna. Okay. <laughs> um, if you want to reach Robin, let's see. Discoverystable.com would be a place, right? Yeah, that's my uh, website. That's your website. Yes. Okay. Until it, uh, there's some. Really cool photos of my um, horses out here, and it tells a little bit of what, what Discovery Stable offers. And then I also am open for emails. Uh, it's discoverystable at gmail.com. Okay. So, um, and then if you, you can also reach me because as we work as we work, a team, definitely work together. Um, yeah, I can be reached at the estuary.org and just look under um, staff. Um, I also, uh, my website, my personal website is sjshockley.com, I think. I think Mm -hmm. that's new, so I'm trying to remember that. Um, Our workshop on April 18th, um, you can find that on the Estuary website as well. Um, You can find that on Meetup. Oh, yeah, and I think that's too cool. yeah. And Eventbrite. Oh, so there's okay. a lot of ways to 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 search that out, and hopefully we'll be doing more workshops and Absolutely. have more things to offer. Yeah, thanks, Stephanie. Well, this Robin, is fun. thank you for having me to your house twice. <laughs> <laughs> we need to come more than twice. <laughs> well, well, I hope do. I do. Yes, <laughs> and you do. <laughs> thank you, Stephanie. Thank it was you. Fun. It was. This project would not be possible without the help of my son, Addison Armstead, who composed the intro and outro music, my son-in-law, Scott Greer, for the logo he designed, and my friend, Amy Christiansen, who wrote and edited various texts to the show. Lastly, I want to thank you, the listener, for whenever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am.